Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Ludwig Van. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I was cured, all right. Hey, Dad, there's a strange fella sitting in the sofa. Munchy munching lobsticks, a toast. Ho, ho, ho. Well, if it isn't fat, stinking billy goat, billy boy in poison. How art thou, thou globby bottle of cheap, stinking chip oil? Come and get one in the yarbles, if you have any yarbles, you eunuch jelly thou. Cue the theme song. Yarbly theme song. There was me, that is Alex, and my three droogs, that is Pete, Georgie, and Dim. And we sat in the Corova milk bar, trying to make up our azudocs what to do with the evening. What we were after now was the old surprise visit. That was a real kick, and good for laughs and lashings of the old ultraviolet. It was a bit from the glorious ninth by Ludwig Fan. What you got back home, little sister, to play your fuzzy warbles on? Come and get one in the yarbles! If you have any yarbles! Alright, midrugs. How's it going? Let's go way back in time now um, to a often regarded as like cinematic masterpiece type film, A Clockwork Orange. We're revisiting Kubrick. That's right. 1971. A long fucking time ago. Definitely a long time ago. Before my time. Before any of our times. Um, stars Malcolm McDowell and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, and... Runtime was a little over two hours, which is slightly concerning uh, on the onset, but was only 1.3 million to make, and this one took the world by storm. 114 on the return. Uh, that's a lot of profit. That's a lot of profit. That's a huge turn. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. So this is like kind of regarded as one of Kubrick's biggest, and he wrote this on his own too, which I think is the only movie that he did that to write and direct. And we know how Colin has been feeling lately about modern day writer directors. Can't censor themselves. The fucking morons. This is based Gotta off have a novel else. though. So true story. Maybe a bit different. Yep. Yep. The, adapted from the novels. That probably explains the verbosity of this fucking uh, movie that we experienced. Yeah, but you can yes. also adapt a book such as Silence of the Lambs or Fight Club and not have that, and it, it's it's fucking amazing. Did I invent the word verbosity just now? I I think I you're quoting from this movie, probably. Think you may, yeah, maybe that is. Up in my tilly wiggers. Yes. <laughs> Gorgeousness and gorgeousity. Yeah, I'm not sure what verbosity <laughs> means. But um, I just mean this movie is like it's slow, and there's a lot more to the scenes. There's a lot more dialogue and talking then maybe we need right there there, um, there is definitely which we that. found to be the case whenever someone does an adaption right not yeah, whenever usually but that if there's a problem uh, um that's like the most common problem i'd say yeah they're yeah. too loyal to the subject matter and it just doesn't work in film form and it's it's too much right. like we don't need we don't need that much of something to be like i get what's happening and now it's boring that's right. Especially since, like, once again, you're moving into a format and you'd think that these people come from, like, film school are, like, from a film background. So they know they're in a, <laughs> they know they're in a visual medium. 
So, like, the idea that they wouldn't try and make it more visual and less wordy is curious and head-scratching at times for some movies. Yep. Yep. Once again, there's great examples where they don't do that, like um, like Silence of the Lambs or Fight Club or... Uh, there's that great movie, uh, the Canadian movie, Adam McGoin made uh, Sweet Hereafter, which is, oh, yeah. is not stay traditional to the book and is an amazing movie. Master and Commander, we just re- did. That yeah, and they from took, a number of books. They, yeah, took, they like, took some chunks, some of the coolest parts. Yeah, chunks and pieces. I mean, you can you can do it that way too, rather than trying to make a trilogy out of like three books, mm-hmm. making one mm-hmm. really good movie out of three books. I mean, think if you would have taken all of the books of uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings and adapted them into a feature film that was worthy of three books. Um, True story. Pretty big story. It's a nice fantasy world. Yeah. Yeah. It's at least Um, we wouldn't have to suffer through 11 hours of that shit. True. (laughs) 11 hours. And that's the, that's not even the extended versions. (laughs) Yeah. That's just a normal, that's just a normal cuts. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even get through a Lord of the Rings uh, anymore. I, I tried to watch, uh, the original one and it was it was a struggle uh you, I, you can't i don't know yeah it's tough yeah we we reviewed that we got to check out part two of that at some point but anyway uh, a clockwork orange follows young alex who's like maybe 15 or 16 we guess um so he's and 15 yeah yeah he's a student not really going to school uh he likes music specifically ludwig vaughn uh and uh yeah he also likes drinking drug milk uh which is uh made by the same company as fight milk um he doesn't like drinking drug milk, yeah fight milk um <laughs> and alex has a couple of buds or droogs as he calls them and that's georgie dim and pete and these guys really really like the ultra violence which means they go around and basically just kick the fucking shit out of people and insult them and laugh in their faces until it's really annoying and uh, cripple people and rape their wives in front of them. Um, so yeah, these these generally are not not good lads. They're 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 are they trying? No, they're faking through their day lives uh, until they can get to the ultraviolence night times. Yes, doing no good. Yes. Anyway, uh, Alex gets caught from uh, doing this shit uh, because his droogs turn on him. He uh, actually wasn't too out of line flipping out on them in the milk bar at that lady singer. I didn't think what he did was exactly that bad, but Dim took exception to it. And so they cast him out. He's arrested, goes to prison and uh, in prison, he realizes there's a new potential technique that might get him out early and he's all for it and he does it. And does it fix him? Does it not? Will he be cured of the ultraviolence urges? We'll see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned until the end of the I episode mean, to find guys, out. What, what would you guys do to me if we were all sitting around somewhere and one of you guys made a crack at something and I took like a fucking cane and smashed it over your fucking knee? I don't know. That's pretty shitty. It's kind of <laughs> shitty, but <laughs> he could it wouldn't go over well. But if we're a gang and like chain of command is a thing... Then I might smash your balls if you step out of line. So don't step out of line. You know what I mean? That's kind of yeah. I didn't. I they don't know. were rude. I, I, they were rude, arrogant pricks, though. That guy probably oh didn't God. think what he was doing was was that bad. It just happened to be the fact that Alex liked it, 
and uh, th- that was something they it was probably not something out of the ordinary to make fun of shit around them. I mean, hmm. also, you don't shit where you eat, and this is the milk bar. Let's not fucking get lost in the point here. You want to be able to come back to that milk bar and get some milky adrenochrome uh, uh, filteriness in your, yeah. in your body. Get that crazy that's, fucking milk. That's so, fair. So th- they set up a... I don't, I don't know. Is This is a, a, an alternate reality for sure. This is not meant to be real life Earth. This is I like, think it's a, like different a dystopian place. future, like an alternate like, yeah, dimension. There you like go. Dystopian future type thing. Where, but like, I, it doesn't give you too much of a handle on it, but it seemed to me like the normal world was pretty fucking normal. And what's different about this dystopia is that there are just these crazy weird bands of drug addled people. Uh, and it's like fairly normal for these gangs to be murdering and raping and doing all the things uh, of the ultraviolet nature. And so, uh, yeah, they that, that's the world we're kind of asked to accept. Well, and I then mean, just the people are quite strange. Live, like, look at where his parents live. That, that building is dilapidated. Like, there is things knocked over, mess in the stairs. The elevator doors have been kicked in. The elevator's not working. Like... It it seems like the world is a is a bit in disrepair, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and and these these tribes of gangs are like roaming around, kind of not policed especially well because I'm I'm gathering that it's probably a difficult task with with the police that are there. Yeah. It just it didn't seem like it. The daytime stuff, I guess, just seemed a little bit more normal. But there was a lot of junk around. Um, and yeah, these, these bands of kids running around like they do like that. I I got the sense that that was like the norm for, for many people. Yeah. So it's just interesting. It's getting into this world is really interesting. (laughs) Like into some of this movie seems so whacked out, like, um, like Terry Gilliam whacked out. I think I likened some scenes to Brazil at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is just really, I don't know, it was interesting. Um, I was trying to think of how it added to the movie or the world building or, or whatever to get me into it, but I'm not sure it ever I ever did get that much into it. I think, once again, uh, Kubrick proves in this film, like many of the other ones that we've watched of his, that his directing is far, far superior than, to his writing. Um, he, his directing is like so good, like, like things, the composition and the lighting and some of the shots in this movie, the slow motion that he uses for the, uh, violence sometimes. And, uh, just like the directing, like, yeah, the, I, these, some of these images like are burned into my brain, uh, like all the dicks. Many, many people's (laughs) brain. Yeah. There's a lot of dicks. There's also, yeah, it was really weird that. There is so much um, of that sexual content, whether it was paintings or penis sculptures or... And then all of the other thing I've noticed this time was all all of the older males seemed like pederasts. Like, like they all... It was very strange. His uh, schoolmaster seemed like he was really... Well, not didn't seem like, was clearly really into Alex. And he was supposed to be 15. So like yeah. that's even like he doesn't look fifteen. Let's start there. Yeah, uh, he looks like he's about twenty-two <laughs> or something. But but he's yeah. supposed to be fifteen. And uh, then the guy in the prison, the the uh, the uh, 
priest or whatever and seemed to have a weird thing with him too like yeah it's true the parole it, officer that yeah yeah it's just there just always seemed to be this weird sexual tension between him and older men at times uh, which i i think i guess i must have noticed in the past but um also thinking of him as 15 is weird like do you guys get that i always saw him as older than that i this is the first time i i ever knew that he was supposed to be that young I'd, I'd never known that he was supposed to be that young before, and it definitely changes some stuff in the script. I mean, you can't have a real 15-year-old do this movie, so I get, um, you know, why yeah. you pick someone else. I find that Malcolm McDowell does a good job of being very immature um, and and very, you know, childlike, or at least, at least uh, you know, adolescent, tween, whatever the fuck he'd be. Yeah. So yeah. I, it doesn't pull me out of it. I I, I find that uh, that he plays it off well enough, and I can see the reason for it. But I guess it, it's because we never see him stretch. doing young man things. He's never yeah. in school. He's never what he's supposed to be. He's always like either into the ultra violence or near getting sexual assaulted in his home with the truant officer, or having guy. a threesome with two chicks. Yeah, which is also yeah, like that would have been really weird for a fifteen year old. He also goes to adult jail, which yeah. also seemed weird. Well, his Murder. crimes were pretty fucking heinous, yeah. I know, but like, e- even in t- by today's standards, and I'm even sure back then, you wouldn't put a 15-year-old in prison with like 25, 30, 35-year-old men. That would never happen, right? I maybe in I, it's I the believe future, that there it's different. Is, I believe that there is precedent where sometimes uh, youths will get will get charged as adults and and sentenced yeah. as such. And this is an alternate you would get reality. Char- too, yeah, so. you get charged charged as an adult, yes, but I don't think they would put him in a prison with adult men for the exact reason as I was saying earlier because he would yeah. be terribly taken sense. advantage of and like picked on because he would be so young and he would be vulnerable even more vulnerable because he would be yeah, no, that so makes sense smaller. that he'd go to, like, yeah. a youth remand center until he was 18 and then get, like, transferred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was kind of interesting, too, knowing that now. Also, yeah. like, the sexual encounter and that that he was 15 years old. Well, maybe that's not weird, but it's weird thinking about that now. Well, Sex yeah. Sex at 15? No, just like the kind of sex he, was, the sex he was having with like two women at 15 years old. I'm not saying a 15-year-old boy would not do that. They absolutely would. But like just him having the experience and confidence to do that at 15 seems weird. Yeah, but he's a, he's a fucking psychopath. Cocky little sociopath, yeah. Yeah, like this, this guy is definitely um, like he's got a screw loose because there's no way that he shows so little reaction. Do you know what I mean? Even when guys are trying to get a reaction out of him and he's just smiling, like it's it's not the same wires. Do you know what I mean? That most people have going on in that fucking brain of his. He is uh, a serious danger. I, I think you could put this guy in an adult prison and he functions well, but he's definitely uh, with those girls. I think that's why you can approach them and just go about it. No problem because he's not worried about it. But he fucks like a 15-year-old because he fucks and then he fucks and then he fucks and then he fucks and then he fucks. Yeah, that's true. Apparently, yeah, that, that was true. a 28-minute scene that... I was going to say, I thought I, I would have taken pro- all day the way they did it, but they must have been moving quickly when they were doing it even in normal speed then, like, based on what you're this, saying, because that the, looks the, longer. Like, this movie has that sex, and then there's at least two rape scenes that go on a, like a really long time. 
Um, this is kind of like a lot of indulgent, weird nudity yeah, and stuff like that in this. Yeah, the do that, though, I always find strange. I mean, there's movies that do that far worse than this one does. But when people do that, like, I feel like there's something fucking wrong with them. I think... Uh, I find that it's intentional. So you look at a lot of horror, right? It is there's like there's for sure. no, I know, but I mean, I mean, like mixing that sex and that violence, right? Like it's it's not that there's something wrong with it. It's that you are you are eliciting like two of the more powerful reactions, I think, from your audience, right? It's the same as horror does. It's like but this like, creates this like weird universe where you are like where you feel both like kind of titillated but also horrified, and it's a weird thing to to make somebody walk. And I think that movies that they they bring that in, and maybe it's a bit heavy-handed to do yeah. so, right? Like well, I know I know that we talked about. Uh, I think it was Craven that talked about not wanting to do that, right? I think it was maybe with the Scream franchise when he does the first one, he was like, "It's uh, horror movies have just all become about like gore and tits, right?" And he's like, "I want I don't want to fucking follow that trend." So maybe this yeah. movie is part of that trend, like or I th- maybe I the think start. It- it could have it could have stuck to the the impact like there it's crazy what's happening on the screen at sometimes it just there's so much of it um it's not that i become dull, dull to it i start like questioning like the like intent. what the fuck yeah like it's like what are we trying to do now like are you trying to shock me by showing a rape and then it's going on a really long time i mean that, this is nothing too like there's a movie i saw that was made by a french canadian filmmaker where he actually shows a whole rape in a hallway and it goes on for like 10 minutes and he shows the whole thing and I was just like why the fuck would anybody do this like it doesn't make we there is no reason he he's not just indulgent with that either he's uh an indulgent with a lot of little things here and there right mm. scenes are very long and drawn out yeah. when unnecessarily need to be um, even the scenes where he's watching the film screen and being being uh, having the eye drops put in go on for a very long time and it's very weird. The, the thing is, is less is more. Those scenes would be more impactful. I get used to him having his eyes um, held open but with that device and having the drops put in and it, it loses its effect. It's less effective the longer you show it. See, I and, find uh, I like that scene long if you shorten things before it. But if everything is long, then I think that you lose that right. scene. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. You can do it once or twice maybe. Once is best. Yeah. To, to like draw it out and really get the impact of something that you're trying to sell. So and, like, And the eyes is a perfect scene for that. Yeah. And the, the other one, I think it could probably be cut, but even still kept a bit long, is the crazy singing in the rain rape scene. Because that is so fucking surreal as it's happening there's more than like just a few things pulling at you that you're like, what is happening? Oh my God, this, oh my God, how would the husband be feeling? Oh my God, that woman's got to be terrified. What is he doing now? He's cutting tit holes. He's like, and then I'm like, then the actor took like scissors and like the actress, how is she playing this? It's really crazy. And then he's got the long nose mask thing. And then he sings right in the husband's face, right before Ray figure. It's like so much going on. It's like, what the fuck? Like that's a long standout scene that like sticks with you. Um, the, the other like rape scene that I was talking about going on too long was where they get in the huge fight, um, with the other guys. And it's just like, what was the point of it? Right? Like we wanted to see those guys doing a bad thing and these guys stopping it. It just didn't need to be the whole like, yeah, that was their save the cat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that was their fucking weird save the cat moment. 
Uh, also, the rape scene at the house that you're describing, um, watching it today, I find um, the controversy that surrounded this movie so badly. Um, and then you heard about all of the um, the controversy with people mimicking this movie where they were dressing up and committing crimes and doing heinous things based on the the film and and it and it almost oh, glamorized oh yeah oh my god it they had to stop little, yeah. showing it they had to pu- they had to pull it from england so they couldn't show it any longer in the in the uk no shit because because and kubrick pulled it because yeah. he felt responsible for all of the crime that was cropping up it wasn't happening in a lot of other places but it was really happening in in london and stuff like that with That's young crazy. people so like he felt terrible that he had kind of um instigated this type of violence i once again i think he's it's hard to understand watching it today what exactly he is going for because is it humor is it satire like that whole scene with the rape like what is with the tone and him singing and the silly dance and the weird shots of the husband and uh, weird music kind of are no. It's not even music. It's noises and stuff. Like I'm not exactly sure what he's going for there, and maybe that is the point. I don't know. It's it's art, so it's open to interpretation. But like, I find it incredibly disturbing, kind of today compared to when I used to watch it. I don't know if you guys felt the same way about that scene specifically. It's I, fucked up. It's definitely fucked up. Yeah, I think I think I feel that stuff more now than I used to when I was younger. Um, it 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 I it's something that that grips me uh, in a more powerful way because watching those rape scenes, like this one, we haven't even mentioned that the the attempted rape in that like abandoned theater. Yet again, another dystopian fucking uh, uh, cityscape there. Um, yeah. For the previous conversation. Um. Yeah. But like when those guys on stage have that girl. That's and the like one, I've, that's the one I was talking forth. about. Yeah. Oh, okay. They go to yeah. fight them. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. One, it, it goes on so long and. It, that one feels very excessive and. Yes. And they are hard to watch. Um, yeah. I, and it's weird. It is weird because the movie has this weird tone and the whole, the whole set and, and art direction of the movie and the dialogue having that really unique um welly 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 like everything is affected english it's not just like standardized um even like a like a proper british english right um so i don't know it's it's hard to to say where that's going because in a normal movie if this was a dramatic movie and they dramatically showed those rape scenes um that would make sense as a powerful moment but in this movie if they dramatically like powerfully show them the same way you might from those other movies i don't think it matches the place um so i think everything needs to be almost comical in its horror um in the in the length and both um like it's like it's like those guys were like watching a cat play with a toy yeah yeah they were very yeah they were very uh, nonchalant about it. They wanted the fight. They didn't give a shit that they were trying to get that girl because they've done right. that themselves. Right. It was I, about, yeah, you're right. 
that on. I mean, what he's attempting to do and and succeeds in some levels is makes does at some point. I have to watch Alex fucking rape that woman, or I don't watch the actual rape, but watch him preparing to rape her in front of her husband. And then he does somehow sneakily over time get me to feel sorry for Alex at points in this movie where he's um, watching the movie with the eye drops and then afterwards when he's all these other these people are beating him up and treating him mean and his parents uh, have rented out his room and there, there, he somehow does invoke sympathy from me uh, at times, even after Alex has done that in the beginning of the movie, um, that shouldn't happen. Like, but it, he, he, it that does. He, it is effective at times. I don't know if you guys felt the same well, way. So here, here's the thing: is that this movie? I hate Joe. I think Joe's kind of a dick. <laughs> I think he's right, but but th- there's always Joe's be the right, one hundred percent. What he's saying is right, but like. He should have let th- his parents say that, you know, like he didn't need to get involved. I think it's <laughs> got to cause you to see both sides of the argument at times, right? So is it is it a good thing of what happened to Alex or not? Like he's obviously messed up batshit crazy. We see plenty of examples mm-hmm. to where you start loathing him. And, and I don't really feel a ton of sympathy for him ever. But at times I'm like, that's an interesting point. And it just makes you think like, for like a like chemical castration or or like you know lobotomies or whatever the fuck if can is it right to take fucked up people like that and then do such crazy things to them no matter what the cost because to Alex like it it establishes early his love for music and then that's the thing that means most to him and they rip it away from him and I'm like I'm kind of like oh that's interesting that that could happen like and does he deserve it? Is that appropriate? It's like the doctors are just kind of nonchalant. They're like, oh, well, it's, you know, too bad. It's going to happen. Um, but but I find that that's still there for this movie with me, uh, even though it, like there's a ton of fat you could trim, I think, and it, and it goes off too far in, in several areas, not just from the writing, but like from the the excessiveness of some of the, you know, dicks and, and <laughs> other things in the movie. Um, it always has me questioning, like, at the end of the day, like, was it right what happened to Alex or not? Here's a question um, based off of what you said. Is torture as a cure acceptable? Right. Same line of thinking, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's where I got it. It was exactly from what you were yeah. saying. But like, like, what are your thoughts on that? Is that what the movie is meant to explore? Because I, he, I feel the same way John does. I don't feel sympathy for him. Um, I never feel bad for what's happening, even when he's being beat up or treated what you might call unfairly. Um, he's a huge piece of shit, and he's raping people and ruining people. No, lives. he's a giant piece of shit. But so like, all he gets, I think he deserves. When he's being tortured and screaming and stuff, like I still don't like seeing that happen to a human being. No, that's fair. So yeah, like when you're, he's you're screaming and, cr- and and wanting them to stop. Yeah, and to, and then also the music and stuff. Or when that's that's got the you. thing about it is that it's not the horror that is making him want you to stop. It's the music. Yeah. Yes. But it's so also once just again. Like so art. once again, it's just it's just um, it's just the abuse of something that he does see as precious, right? It's the only thing that we see him hold high. Yeah. Right? Like and I'm, I'm happy fine with even his own life. Him. He seems to uh, appreciate less than. The Ludwig. But I would be almost more fine. Like, I would be completely fine if they fucking, like, 
walked up to him and shot him in the head and left him for dead. But I don't like watching someone be tortured. I don't like watching them be tortured or having their head held under the water. To me, that's disturbing. And Agreed. it does make if me it feel was sorry for torture. someone being tortured well, under being held with their head held under the water like by two people. Like I don't I can't help but n- not hate those people that are doing that to him. But it's I accidental torture. They didn't that. know the music would would make that happen. It was just yeah, coincidence. That was, that was programmed. They were, they were indifferent about it. He's if, in a straight jacket and he's screaming do? and screaming like, stop, please stop. Once again, I don't want to see a bunch of people doing experiments on someone and making them scream and freak out. Like, I once again, if he put a bullet in his head, I'm fine with that. So if I Hitler is, if Hitler in, is in me, that chair shoot in that the same situation... Would you be and he was like, "Stop, stop!" Would you be like, "Oh, the poor guy, hey, someone it's not stop!" The poor guy. It's just I don't want to see torture. He I, doesn't I find see torture it, yeah. is. I don't want to see it unless you're like deserving. He uh, and so he, I guess. he was in the presence <laughs> of people. I just uh, he was in the presence of people, and he took away their dignity, and he tortured them, and did horrible things to them. Uh, that maybe I didn't like that either. Or, or I didn't like killed, when he I know it. None either. of it was good. I'm <laughs> just saying for me personally, anyone. because I knew that he had done that. It's only right that he have something he loves taken away from him. And yes, one hundred percent. I like the i the for me the themes of the movie are what are fucked up because the themes of choice and the themes of uh, of not having free will. Because that doesn't make him a better person. He's still a gigantic piece of shit. Yeah. Well, and he definitely just by the end, uh, where has all of that removed? Well, no. But it, even when he is has had the the stuff done to him, like he's still a piece of shit. He can't control. Like he has no control over it. It's completely out of his control. He wants to rape that girl on the stage. He wants to get in a fight with that guy who like made a comment about him. He want he still wants to do the bad things, yeah, which I, is what the point of that that the uh, priest says. He's just like he's not even a man anymore because he has no free will. So you just want a bunch of people walking around that are behaving because they have no choice. No, to- sold, sold. Do you know what? Strong point, um, and <laughs> absolutely is the right point. Is the fact that this guy is unwell. Um, and the torture of people who are unwell despite their actions as unwell people probably shouldn't be justified and as a ethical, responsible um, and uh, you know, ethical society, we probably shouldn't fucking torture these people Um, Um, unless they are rational and of clear mind and then do that but I guess how do you differentiate? I'm not saying he deserve, no doesn't does deserve that. to have things taken away and doesn't deserve to suffer. No, no, he absolutely I 100% totally does you. deserve to suffer. You just don't want to see it. I just don't think yeah, for me it's not I don't it's just, I don't think he does deserve big. to suffer. I I I will say this that as an unwell person um he he can be imprisoned, right? And certainly yeah. um you know, given therapy or whatever the fucking else treatment is going on in there. Um, but I don't think he should be tortured. No, that's well. that makes but, you just as bad as him. Then you but, I'm just saying, him. I'm just saying, I, ch- I changed my mind in case I, I agree with you. Office, no, I play this. Clip. No, I agree with you because then you're no better. Like it, it's you lose your humanity 
just like him in a way to like pay him back. So you're right. It's true. Does he have humanity? I mean, here's the other thing is well, he has I, no I was going to say but. he volunteered for it, but I guess like, like even in a sexual encounter at any time you should be able to say, but he's a prisoner as well. So it's like, yeah. and so we talked a little bit about this on the night of when we watched, um, oogly woogly in our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, did Alex, he said at some point to the priest that he wanted to be good. Um, but I think I felt anyway that he just wanted to get out of prison earlier and he was like trying to con so he could get back out and ultra violence. Yeah. He seems to, to function off of self-interest, I think primarily. Mm. So I think all of that stuff was just motivated by that. I think he, I think he maybe even believed that he wanted to get better, but I think his reasoning was just, um, to get out, not for self-improvement. Right. Right. That's that's what it is, though, is he doesn't want to think of himself as a bad person because no one wants to think of themselves that way. So so for him saying he wants to be good, it could be genuine, but like he has not, does not have that inside of him. He, he's yeah. only attracted to the darkness. He does. He the, the stuff that is the light does not interest him whatsoever. Um, but he he still might want to think that he wants to be good and that that because that's what he's supposed to do, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's super and once again, Hitler Hitler was another conversation that we we brought up. Um, Hitler, at, I don't think at any time thought what he was doing was wrong. He thought what he was doing was genius and was going to change the world. And uh, this was the 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 way that he was going to fix things. He didn't think I'm going to be super evil and kill millions and millions of people because I'm like a gigantic piece of shit. He thought he was, he thought he wrote a whole fucking book on it. He thought he was fucking so smart. And that's what Alex is. He wouldn't be the first guy to fucking um, delusions of grandeur. Yeah. And Alex has delusions of grandeur too. At the end of the movie, he has total delusions of grandeur. The. The music comes in, and the photographers, and the, the he's got his thumbs up, and oh, he's got a new life and a new job. Yeah, I don't think that's a delusions of grandeur at all. <laughs> well, maybe he's getting grandeur, I guess, but <laughs> well, delusions of grandeur is like is like his like overinflated sense of self importance and everything else. I don't feel like he gets that ever. I don't feel like like even earlier when they're like talking to him about like doing better. And he's like, why do you need to do better? He's like, if you need a car, you take it. If you need a girl, you take her. Right. It's like, he doesn't seem to have, um, this God complex necessarily as much as he just has a lack of empathy or, um, moral code. And actually, you know what? I think that makes his character slightly inconsistent because I do think, and not in a, and not in a way where he evolved or changed, that an, uh, the Alex in the second half of the movie is inconsistent with the Alex of the first half of the movie because of the lines you just pointed out. That that he doesn't seem to ever be that Alex after he goes to jail. So like, but, I mean, are we supposed to believe he was redeemed? I think he was like in his leader of the Droogs role. That was like, I guess, his comfort zone or where he felt like most himself. Most of the other times, though, like with his parents or talking to the truant guy or like when he goes to prison, he's out of his comfort zone. So he he does seem a bit different. I'm not sure if it's inconsistency of character or just 
you know, Alex is kind of a kid, right? And when you put him in with all these grownups, he's not such a cocky little psychopath. He's careful and maybe, you know, a little bit more reserved. Well, he does zero negotiating or even thinking um, about those propositions. Like when they come to him, when he goes to the old guy's home because he gets beat up by his old friends, the like when they dunk his head in the water, he yeah. goes back to that site of the original crime. Um, I fucking lost it just like that. Can you believe it? Oh no! You hate to see it. Oh well, go it on. Happens. It happens. New, go on. New, new topic. <laughs> no, it's it's the idea too that you like. Okay, when he's on the ground being beat up by the police and uh, having his nose touched or whatever, you see. You see how he fights back. He grabs that cop's balls. And how vicious, what a vicious little son of a bitch he is. I, I just feel like his worldview changed in prison about the way he saw himself. And I, I, I don't think it makes sense to me that he is so different. Because like, he's never like that again. Is it he's redemption never, you're talking about? Is he like, has, he, has he been redeemed or... Well, I think that's what they're trying to say is he he changed, but I don't think he would change. I disagree with that. I don't think somebody who thinks that way about taking a woman, if you see a woman or taking a car, if you see a car, I I don't think he would change. It doesn't make any sense. If he's a sociopath, he's a sociopath, and he wants to take whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, But he never seems that way after jail. I I don't see where he hasn't, where where he's inconsistent, though. Can you explain? He just finds him. He just talks about how he's a victim. He's no longer talking about how he wants to just like do whatever the fuck he wants and ultra violence and and like rape women. He doesn't talk about it in that way ever again. He more so talks about how he's a victim and poor him and he wants to be good and stuff like that. But he he never openly speaks that way to anyone again. It's well, only I think in the, the situation beginning. has changed, though, right? Like he he speaks like that and does those things because he's in a position of power. But when the power is removed from him, he immediately goes to that victim mindset. But even his and then inner that monologue, carries through. Even his but inner I think monologue. in his inner monologue, well, the inner monologue is Alex. Like our narrator is Alex. So if we're observing him have the power removed from him, the narrator is experiencing those things also. I he just never. I, I just found it more consistent. I'm not. I. I. I could see where your where your point is, because if he is lying to the priest, uh, and is manipulating the priest and the system to just try and get out of jail so he can be a shit again, it's never spoken in the inner monologue. It's never addressed. You never see the two sides of him, his personality. You only see the side that does want to be good. And does want to change and wants Isn't that to do great better. filmmaking to show somebody do like like they always say like don't listen to what somebody says listen to what like watch what they do right that's that's the real character um but and so we watch monologue. him doing these things and then like this actually could be a strong point towards what john's original point was um where he is like he is acting this way and saying these things Right, which which maybe seem to be what you're thinking contradict each other, but in reality, maybe be it's just the argument towards him manipulating um, the situation and the people around him, and what what we really should be looking at is his actions. And if that's the case, I mean that's that's excellent filmmaking and a perfect example of not treating your audience like like idiots. Because I think um, I think putting little subtle 
character like that in there and having that be a, like a part I, of the story. I I just don't see why his inner monologue wouldn't wouldn't have any signs of that though. Like him talking to the police right. about one thing, but then his inner monologue being these idiots. I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna mm-hmm. go back to the ultra violence. He doesn't yeah, say right. that. His inner monologue and his and his dialogue to people seems consistent. Well, now I actually don't know for sure one way or the other because I can't say that I know where the inner dialogue um, states things that that his that his actual dialogue either does or don't. So, I mean, I have to disqualify myself from this portion of the uh, debate. <laughs> I'm just saying, like when he talks about the Bible and stuff. He talks he, about what a great book it is and how much he loves it, and it, clearly he loves the the worst parts of the Bible yeah, the that kind of vi- excite him. Totally, yeah. Sex and the violence, but but when he talks about it, he I just feel like he admitted in the beginning of the movie to the Droogs that he was a giant piece of shit who just wanted what he wanted and he was willing to take it no matter what the consequences were. But we don't see that Alex ever again, at least not in the movie. Like. We don't we don't ever see that Alex again. He he's more pathetic. He's but, like um, a even I a sociopath I, learns behaviors and, and and changes as they go. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? This like this but usually just say becoming a better sociopath. Not they don't like change where they actually doesn't, change their point. Doesn't of view he or seem like a better sociopath at the end? <laughs> Like what you'd want to do is learn how people operate and then learn how to best effectively operate within them with a lowered moral code. And Alex definitely seems to do all that. I mean, he's as opportunistic as it gets, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you see a little bit of that, him being a shit again when he's getting fed in the bed. Yeah. And he's doing that really obvious opening his mouth to get the guy to put the food in his mouth and stuff. That felt like very that. childish to me, that part. And and the look on his face or the expression on his face when they're taking photos and it's the close up of him and then you, you see the evil come yeah. back. But like where was it? Like did it come back? Like I'm confused. Do you see the evil come back there? I don't know that I noticed that. He has a normal yeah, face, and then all of a sudden his face goes crazy insane like the Joker. Yeah, he has those Raza thoughts, and he doesn't... <laughs> he has those thoughts, and he's like... Can I not goddamn right? I was I even said, fucking, when we were watching back it, to the ultraviolence. S- when I was watching it, I even said, wait for it. And then it, then a few seconds later, his face did it. Yeah. Hold on, I'm putting, I'm putting it on. Oh he yeah, has, put it on. It, it flashes too to sec- something sexy and something violent, and he's like, <laughs> "Okay, here we are." Well, not thumbs violent, up, but thumbs sexy. up, nodding, nodding, fake smile, fake smile. Oh yeah, because we were talking about where the cameras wouldn't get it, right? Yeah. Wait for it. Wait for Wait it. Wait for it. It's right there. Oh yes, of course. It's a little obvious. Goes, yeah. That's just brain damage. That's yeah. all that is. <laughs> no, that's the evil. <laughs> it doesn't. Oh yeah, because then it also shows the cutaway. Yeah, it shows uh, the yeah. fantasy yeah, shot violence. of him and then of he him says, "Fucking in the snow," while people from uh, Charles Dickens' time fucking applaud. Yeah. And he says, "I was cured," and that's what I mean. Is when he says, "I was cured," all right. I think he actually sincerely believes that he is, but he's not. He's the same. He hasn't changed. There's definitely not been an well, arc there. He did there. change for a time. He did change for a time. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like the inconsistency is. I think you're well, right. But he he was, did change I mean, for a I mean, time. after his treatment, right? So that's obviously he's going to change after that and be completely different. 
Well, he's he's castrated. I mean, they've they've basically castrated him. Yeah. So he's going to be a little uh, bit different. He's not going to know how. To, he's not going to think that way. But by the end, yeah, you're right. He's back. And I think all that is a nod as to saying, like, even if you try and control evil like that, probably there's no guarantee you can. And so, so that Don't, that's just an argument, kind of for if like someone's not to evil. Do it, they're just evil. Yeah, kind of like thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're never gonna like a Ted Bundy's never gonna not be Ted Bundy. Like he's gonna always like fucking be a sociopath. See, that's what I thought the music was was symbolizing. Was that like so? In the beginning, he has that state of power. He's the the gang leader, or whatever. Then he goes to prison. The power is removed. He's dealt with the situation where he is trying to get out. He volunteers for this experimental thing. Still out of power, but um, but undergoing this this uh, attempt or his, his this is his his fucking journey or whatever. Um, by the end. Fucking don't tell me I lost it again. God damn this pen. <laughs> Why the pen? Uh, it, I was right there. I don't uh, know. Also, I don't know if like we talk about sometimes uh, if movies earn endings or if the uh, if the end of the movie justifies the means the director had taken to get there. I don't exactly know if that's the case with this movie. Like, I don't feel like the themes and the message of this movie, like, uh, give him the license to kind of do some of the things that he did in this. The rape, um, The rape and the violence and the, and the, I mean, the just like, there's some other things that I noticed in this that were bad directing, like the fight between his gang and the other gang. Yeah. Oh, they have I all these crazy cuts. It's fun. it's fun, but I don't no, think it belongs here. But what was bad, what was bad about it's it was... It's slapsticky. No, I like that. I actually like the music and the, and the cuts. Uh, but then they cut to a wide shot back into that same dark room where those guys are just laying on the ground and those they're beating them. And it was a really bad cut. He should have never... Like, it was bad directing and editing, that cut. Because it seemed like they had gone through all of the rooms of the building and broke everything, and then those guys came back downstairs <laughs> where they started, laid down and let them stomp on them. It made no sense. I want. I did wonder if, like, possibly that fight was a uh, imagined by people who were extremely high. Like, I tried to think, like, is anything that we see in this movie like a fantasy that we're just not interpreting properly? I don't personally think that after watching it this time around. Even if there no, is, even if there is that cut that Colin's talking about, because it like it does seem like a kind of an even fight and lots of crazy shit, and then it's just like, eh, eh, eh. We win. Yay, Droogs. Yeah, go. it just goes back to the original place they started, but they're all laying on the ground and the other guys have gotten the advantage somehow. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. If you wouldn't have done that last cut, it would have been fine, I think. I do find it funny in the music and it's entertaining and stuff. And I like the fight that he has with the Droogs uh, in the water, right beside the water where he, That's slow where motion, he yeah. hits them and stuff. I, I, I've always really loved well. that. It's so the directing is so good, and the voiceover is actually funny there. So, 
And the directing at the end that you just watched, Brent, is also like some of his best directing in this movie. It's brilliant. I like. I think love. we could say like Kubrick is a fucking master director. Oh, Fa- it's crazy. Fan- he's a fantastic director. Yeah, like he he's gets uh, the tones and he those sets. Like I love the when the writer is sitting in his little office, and it seems like such a small, tall room with all these great colors, and and he gets the whole thing in the frame. It's oh, yeah. like yeah, yeah. I just yeah. love it. It happens twice in this movie for both times you go to the host. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he once again there's there's so many of these great directors who who could 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 have done uh, um like there's so many people I wish would adapt other, not adapt but take someone else's really good screenplay and direct it. Think of what Tarantino could do if if there is a really great screenplay out there that wasn't about fucking killing Bill or killing the the guy at the plantation or killing Hitler, or whatever, whoever you're going to kill to get revenge. But someone wrote an amazing screenplay, and Tarantino directed it. Like, it would, it, the, if he would collaborate with someone who's a really good writer, that's not him. Um, a Cuba could have done the same thing. Uh, uh, he's, his directing is, is like, I, it's, he's, one of, he's one of, if not the best directors of all time, visually. Yeah. There's no doubting that. If but only he'd no make a movie that. that I liked, though. No, I know. I we still what about haven't Full seen Metal one Jacket? that I liked. I don't that know. What might, about Full Metal Jacket? We gotta do I think, that one. I, that I think one Full Metal Jacket will be half amazing and half like not amazing. Yeah, I do too. I get that exact same sense. So eyes wide shut. Any chance? I'd watch that one again for I've sure. I've not seen it since it like I came definitely out. want to. I feel like the screenplay on that one could be better. I like the themes in that movie again I, between the men and the women and, um, you know, the alpha and the beta and the sexuality and stuff. I think that yeah. one could be interesting to watch. Well, and then what about Barry Lyndon? Yeah, I've kind of fallen asleep. I haven't seen it. A it's supposed to be quite good. Cinematography mm. and directing wise, what I have seen and heard, it's amazing, but I've never been able to get through it. I always I, I watch it at the wrong time and I pass out it it's a very long, drawn out, slow story. I I would check that one out too. Mm. Mm. I don't know, Is like there, this movie's yeah, go ahead, Johnny. Well this movie's got some uh some themes that are interesting. Um and it has I don't know if it has any stuff that's like enjoyable. It's all it like this isn't a movie to like love parts of or fall in love with characters or like even hope for characters to succeed. You kind of hope he fails. Um and then it's done and you're like what the fuck? <laughs> so it's a strange fucking movie. Uh I'll give it that. It it made me think a little bit, but I don't know if it necessarily leaves a good taste in my mouth. I don't know if I buy into like I get, I get the point that's being made without being hammered over the head with a lot of what this movie has to offer, and and I think, I think it's kind of suffered from either being too faithful to the material or too um, indulgent on leaving whole like really long scenes in, and and again like this is so early in like modern filmmaking, seventy one is like nothing, right? Like this is early early days. It's actually surprising. Like, was there a major event around movie making around this time that 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 saw an influx of these types of movies 
like heavy nudity, like heavy violence. That was the seventies in a lot of ways. Like a lot of seventies movies were darker. They're more depressive. They had down endings and they were sexual and violent. American filmmaking is the same. If you look at like all of the stuff that someone like Scorsese was doing in the seventies, like, uh, Scorsese was making, uh, he made that film. I can't remember what the name is. It's with Robert De Niro. Um, it's like when he one of Robert De Niro's first movies. Taxi Once Driver. Upon a Time. That one as well as in the seventies. That's another great example. But the one before Raging Taxi Driver. Raging Bull is a great example. I think that was eighty-one though. No, it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was called now. But it would be easy to look up. It was very famous at the time. I feel like they the seventies was about shocking people. Well, that's like I'm pretty sure. Like at some point, smacking them in the face with cinema. At some point, cinema had to have been like, you can't do that. You can't show that. No violence. And like at some point, the, the cuffs must have been taken off. And I, I would guess, because I guess what I'm trying to say here is that this movie did some things and I kind of feel like it did them because it could, not because it added. It was like, this will really prove a point. And then really to prove the point, we'll show it for like longer than we ought to. And so, like, in, in one case that can work, like Brent said earlier, it's like you can do that once or maybe twice in a movie, but you can't do a whole movie of that. You can't do it and get John's thumb up. You just, like you Planet just of the Apes was the 70s. <laughs> Planet of the Apes was the 70s. Um, you know, like, films like Catch-22. There was a lot of these movies. Uh, there was a really, really funny... Uh, episode of Family Guy where they go to the library and Stewie sees some guy working and he's like, oh, it's a, it's a movie montage. And the guy like works and he finally finds a solution. And then he's running down the steps of the library to go do whatever he is going to do with the solution. And all of a sudden you see him get shot by a sniper and then the credits roll. And <laughs> Stewie's like, oh, it's a 70s movie. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's well, think kind about, of what the seventies were. That's think just about like the Exorcist, a, man. Seventy three. That's like the day, best example of this for me. A, is like a dog day afternoon. A dog day afternoon. The bank robber. He robs the bank. He gets killed. Like the the main character gets killed at the end by the police. Like, um, yeah. Like it's just that's kind of just uh, like there's a lot of the main characters dying at the end of movies and like a lot of violence. Taxi Driver is another great example. Think how violent taxi drivers at the end were shooting people's hands off and like that big gunfight. It's crazy. Like even today, that stuff would be crazy. Yeah, I think also with like the um, the there was a bit more bravado to speak out against like popular institutions like religion and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where they could actually like like say things that were maybe um, you know pretty controversial but get away with it. Like, I think this time, uh, the seventies was a great time for opening, um, the gates of, of free speech and art, um, and just letting people do things. Cause I think, I think like you might not like this. I believe this movie actually is an excellent example of why trigger warning should, should be a thing, right? Just at the beginning of movies, say trigger warning, like this deals with, you know, yeah, like rape for one or whatever the fuck else, right? Yeah, um, me, me, and then the people that- can make the choice whether they believe in seeing it or not. But but having this as art uh, exist, I I definitely believe in. Uh, yeah, no, it's not that. So Mean Streets was the Scorsese movie I was talking about, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mean Streets, once again, was like very violent. And the, I, don't, I think the main character does get killed at the end. There was just like this sense of like, and then the 80s went the other way. So, so there's definitely an era thing to it. Hmm. And then the yeah. 90s, the, once again, the, like if you think about all of the movies in the 90s and what there was in the 90s, some great, great movies again. But I think that this does suffer from not holding up because the time has changed so, so, so much. And this isn't as shocking anymore as like John says, as more feels indulgent. It doesn't feel shocking. It feels like the filmmaker was was intentionally like doing things in this movie because he he didn't want to cut he didn't he he didn't want to cut anything out. He didn't want to he just thought he was genius. He thought everything he did was genius and all of it had to be seen. Even the see if a scene is like twelve minutes long, every piece of dialogue, every moment has to be in it. Um, and this isn't even that long of a movie. No. Right? Like 220, I think? 216. So, like, it's not crazy long, but it feels really long. <laughs> really long. This and movie was... I remember there was still half an hour to go in this movie, and we were like, what the fuck? And indulgent, for me, means that... So, this movie feels very long, but not a lot happens in this movie. No. So... It shouldn't be that long. Like Alex is fucked up in the beginning of the movie. His friends betray him. He goes to jail. The experiment happens. And like then going he to tries jail to should be the himself. inciting incident, maybe. Like the opening yeah, of the movie just, would be the shit they do, and then it all comes crashing down when he goes to jail. Yeah, you spend a lot of time like meeting his parents and his his Truman Truman officer, whatever you'd call it, whatever they called it back then. Like once again, we. We're not learning a lot of new information or, or learning anything new about the character. Like Alex, we pretty much know who he is from the beginning of the movie. And even though we talked about that he does change a little bit or in some way that I still think is kind of weird, he reverts back to who he is at the, the end of the movie again. I, I don't know. It does, this does not hold up for me. Now, once again, Brent talks about art and, and uh, avant-garde filmmaking and stuff. Absolutely, this is what this is. And this movie was hugely controversial when it came out. Like, everybody had heard about this movie. Uh, this thing played for, like, two years in the theaters or some shit like that. And the more controversial it became, the more people wanted to see it. Similar to, um, Similar to The Exorcist, right? Like... The more people wanted to keep this away from you, the more you wanted to see it. It was originally you can't tell banned. Not to look. It was originally banned in Alberta and Nova Scotia until like the eighties when they the film Clockwork was. Do you know? Do yeah. you know the Catholic Church put a rating on this that said condemned, <laughs> and that means that any Catholic is forbidden from watching it. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean that's just to me that's to fucking them. worth the price of admission. Right there. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, like s- premarital sex is condemned by the Catholic Church, and like that's all Catholics wanted to do when they were young. And it's great. <laughs> do it. Th- this is. It's really good. It's really good. Do it. This, do it a ton. This is one of those <laughs> movies that's on so many top, like best movies ever made lists that it's weird to watch this and say that it doesn't hold up. 
Citizen Kane is too, um, and I'll fucking tell you what right now. That's an almost more, impossible movie to get through, Citizen Kane. The more we watch movies like this, it doesn't make sense to have these like top 100 ever made. Like most important films made, maybe. Like like some of the best at doing specific things, maybe. But as a whole, I don't think I could list this movie in the, my top 100. No, this... I, I like the what you just said, important. This movie is important. I'm not saying that it's not. It was important for cinema. Um, there's a lot of movies like that that are important for cinema. But is this like the top 10 best movies of all time? No, it's not. It's definitely not. Not any, It may have been, you know, at one time, but not anymore. It's not. Which means it doesn't hold up for not for me anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm ag- I'm agreeing on that part. It, it just for me it doesn't hold up. Like there 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 are things that happen in this movie that are messed up that that stick with me. Um, but overall, at the end of the day, it's just like I I'll, I won't be too upset to not watch this again. I know it exists, and it just would fall under one of those weird movies. I'll, there's like way more stuff to watch that would probably answer similar questions to this that would do a much better job. Yes, it's the writing once again. It suffers from some bad writing and it's overly long and um, could have used another editor um, that wasn't Kubrick. Yeah, could could it be edited even into something else? I just don't know if it'd even be that interesting. Then Then it would just have a few scenes that blow your mind. But is it a movie worth watching? I I think I would say no, but uh, I don't know. I'm pouty. Yeah. What do you think, Brent? Uh, I think this is worth watching. Well, let me say, uh, thank you guys for having such a full conversation about it. <laughs> because uh, now, uh, now you leave me in the very awkward position of defending it. Um, I'm not saying it holds up, but for me, it is much closer than for you guys. Okay. Which is actually some of the things you've said have, have been really, um, really funny to me. Like, Colin said, um, "He like this maybe at one time was cutting edge, but it's definitely not anymore." I find that that's not how I feel about it. Actually, I, I like looking at this movie. Look at the world building. Look at the creativity in dialogue, in costume, in place, in set, and like character. Everything about this movie is is interesting and different from any other movie you can you can reference, mm-hmm. right? It's self-indulgent. Um, I find, uh, I know you guys hate it. To me, I think it makes sense. I think it's actually a big commentary by Kubrick to put the 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 level of violence that we get alongside with the explicit sexuality. I think that those things are, are like Colin said earlier, obviously, intentional but i think that um the dialogue is is a bit more sophisticated than we might be giving it credit for um in what way th- what well how is the dialogue better well because it's addressing it's it's addressing like <sighs> so the excessiveness of the sexuality on top of that is is making us like you guys are obviously turned off by it and i think that that is kind of the point is to turn you off from it is to is to like make you approach both of those topics in your mind in a way 
where you have that dialogue with yourself about what is acceptable and why not, right? Mm-hmm. And in those cases, if you were to maybe show a quicker, like a like a flash of a rape there before they come in and beat them off, and and she runs off, you maybe aren't forced to do that work. Um, you maybe are are given a little bit of a get out of jail free card by that because. Um, because the scene isn't as heavy handed and maybe it is too heavy handed. Um, I just think that that them putting it in there, I think that that is meant to um, be a question for you. I think heavy handed is a great word for it though. What you just said, this movie is not, has no subtext and it's not subtle at all. That's what's bad about the writing. Like not not only is no subtext, this movie seems to be filled with it. Not only is the voiceover like fucking spot on telling us everything that's going on in his brain, but then when there is dialogue between actors, it's pretty straightforward. There's no there's no lingering mystery to anything anyone is fucking saying. Everyone's pretty much saying exactly what's on their mind. There's like uh, a better example of what you're talking about would be Fight Club. Fight Club is very violent. Fight Club's got lots of sexuality in it. But Fight Club's theme. Fight Club doesn't really have that much sexuality in it. What are you talking about? Well, that doesn't have a lot of nudity in it, other than that one weird slow motion thing. nudity thing between Brad Pitt and uh, what's her name. But like the nudity in this is like him getting eaten grapes, like on a fucking bed in the Bible, are you know like are them raping a woman and cutting her or clothes him off having with a three-way or the penis the statue way. that the woman gets killed with or all the overtly sexual paintings but it's all sexuality it's all the same like if you're like if you are but it's juvenile sexuality it's juvenile that's fine but again that is a stylistic choice but that's the thing is that there is still a choice being made like it's it's um i think that you might not like it yeah but i think that there is it's bad but it's not always like art is never just good or bad Right. Well, there's some art that we can all agree is bad, but there I think is. that, but I think that this isn't that. This isn't like trash heap fucking art, right? This isn't like uh, uh, some of it might be. Oh, are you I'm kidding to even some... to even consider that? No way. So like this the girls sucking that. the lollipops and stuff like that is also immature and juvenile. It's there's nothing sophisticated about this movie. That's the problem. I disagree. I feel like this movie is lowbrow and not sophisticated. Think about it. Watching it again this time, I think it's very. There is no subtext. It's very juvenile. People it's are, very people do brown. monologue quite a bit. I I kind of agree with that. Like, there may be some subtext in this movie. I'm not going to say it's devoid of it, but like when they meet Joe, like Joe's no mystery because Joe just gets right into it and says what everybody's thinking out loud. Yeah, I mean Joe's Joe's not. Um, and then like thinking about because people people just they 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 put sizable characters in here like the um uh the jail guy like he's pretty I don't know if he has subtext or not anyway I didn't want to inter- it's wanna not get about the characters argument. having subtext it's about the the scenes and and the the messages conveyed by the movie as but there's nothing to interpret in this movie this movie's not they're not 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 really we've anyway. already we've already had a ton of of questions about alex and and we had big long discussions serious discussions about the character of him and how he might be perceived in his actions that are different things this movie but has a ton of ambiguity and and complexity i think that but, that you're not giving it credit for because you're looking at some of these things 
as like overtly um, sexual, and that in in that regard, it's simplistic, and so you disregard the rest. But my point I think is, there's is a the possibility of more. But my point is the character of Alex is inconsistent. You disagree with that, and you think there's layers to it, but I don't. I think in the beginning he speaks his mind, and he says exactly what he thinks, and then later on he does too, but it's just not the same character anymore. And then at the end he does crazy face, so then he's back? It doesn't fucking make any sense. Him having that stuff taken away from him, the inability to do his that stuff... His suicide attempt is what changed, broke it. He like came out of the thing by the... Yeah, but then he's in the hospital. That's what snapped him out. Hospital, but then he's in the hospital being. They play the music. That's that's the that's the trigger to show you that he's returned. Is when they bring the music in and he's fine. Mm -hmm. They're like, "We heard you love music," and they bring it in, and he's like, "Can hear it," and it's beautiful. And then he's that's like, that's the signal that he's changed. He's not. You mean he's gone back? (laughs) Gone back, changed. But I mean. Yeah, yeah, changed, I've reverted. Changed th- I guess I've done a full three sixty. Yeah, but I mean, we're, but we don't have to always see no, a no. persistent change. Like we are witnessing somebody go from a space, and like Colin's saying, you're inconsistent. But what we're really seeing with that inconsistency is people changing depending on their situations. But and it's because I don't think that that's inconsistent. I think that's human. But I, it's 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 questioning. I'm questioning when I'm watching it that it, that it, his character doesn't seem to make sense. So I for get me, it. that's a flaw. That's a speed bump. And yeah, I'll no, invoke, that's your I'll opinion. I'm one, just stating yeah. mine. Yeah. And now, and if you want to talk yeah. about art, I'll, if you want to talk about art, I'll invoke a few words for you. Ice storm. <laughs> <laughs> This is yeah, another well, ice storm. I was storm. never this, this is a, a defendant of ice storm. No, ice I storm. was, and you and you p- pointed out the fact that it's nonsense. And I'm telling t- to you that I think this is nonsense. I'm invoking ice storm on this movie. <laughs> oh. You can say it's art. You can say it's beautiful art. And it doesn't uh, have to make ice storm. It yeah, sounds like a wizard. All right, all right. You, you know what? Beautiful art, and it makes you it know what? Have to I'll allow it because it's all art, but it's I'll allow it's it. Nonsense. As, as your very good best friend, right? <laughs> I will say I acknowledge um, that you were saying this. They have a similar thing in Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's like ten thousand push-ups or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like they're like you just got to trust me on this. Like you might not see it, but just trust me. <laughs> and so you know what? <laughs> I trust you. Uh, my final. My final statement is doesn't hold up. But um, I invoke the rights of Ice Storm uh, <laughs> victimhood. Ice Storm. You, yeah, Ice Storm victimhood. Yeah. I've been so you said, Yeah. Because I remember I was similar to you. I was defending Ice Storm. And then you said that that you said that. Like, whatever you said, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's nonsense. This movie's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like something clicked in me. I know I like, oh, there's a shit, there's a part right, of me though right. that likes to likes to look for the reasoning in the movies. I think it's not a part. It's probably like a massive part because I find that I I argue a lot of the movies that we watch just counterpoints to what you guys are talking about. Sometimes it's just devil's advocate, and sometimes it's because I'm really trying to explore what might be there. Right? Gotta have the I conversation. That that's the case. That's the case here. Is just trying should, to have like that full yeah. dialogue about what might be potential. Um, and, and I think the movie has a ton of potential. Anyway. I think this movie could be cut, actually, um, to be quite quite approachable at the minimum, right? Yeah. Um, 
I think I think the bones are there, and like I say, I love the world building. The art direction in this is fantastic. The directing, the cinematography, I like that the sense of place there is for me. Like I I I really do believe in the the world. The world building here is great, but the scenes are too long. Things feel a little disjointed. Um, I think that things could be, yeah. I, I it's, think it could it's be just, made better. It's age, it's age poorly, and uh, once again, <laughs> the Joe scene like, we don't even need, even though it's funny. Yeah, no. and like I, we mean, John both said earlier, like I think it is an important movie. I have no problem saying that this is Absolutely, an important movie, yeah. and that Kubrick is a master director. But once again, he his writing suffers. Whether it was in, I found it. it I find it two thousand one. I really, really found it in. Um, uh, Doctor Strange Love. Um, like it's just his writing. Just don't I guess, give had someone the whole reins. He was just doing yeah. things so differently back then, and uh, people were like confused and marvelled by it. But now I can see, you can see the flaws in it. Um, you can still see the great directing. The Shining's That's- another example. I Most mean, of Kubrick's Shining, stuff, it looks fantastic. I think The Shining is one the of Shining the best directed movies, directed movies ever. Yeah, like yeah. it is. It, yeah, I mean, I watched The Shining. I can watch The Shining with the sound down. You it's have beautiful. to. The, direct, the directing on that's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Seems so to be good. a common thread for Kubrick. Well, we've had some spells invoked here and they had their impact. But we're all alive. <laughs> we'll survive. <laughs> now we know... We can add it to now the terms Humpty Dumpty, uh, speed bumps, and now bumps. I invoke Ice Storm. <laughs> this movie is nonsense. And I waited. I waited till like an hour ten to invoke Ice Storm. <laughs> yeah, no, you you let me go on for a bit there. <laughs> right on. And I, once again, I like I I do like uh, a lot of the things that you're saying. It is fun to talk about. I I can't disagree with that. And we wouldn't want well, you to. Good. Good. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean. Good. Johnny. Good. I'm just going <laughs> to. Good. <laughs> you guys are rambling. I'm just kidding. Uh, what do we got coming up? You know what we got coming up? Uh, Arthur. Dudley Moore. Let's see what he's got. Oh, oh my God. The comedy yes. Arthur. And then oh, we're going yes. way back uh, with Rowdy Roddy Piper and They Live. Should oh, be yes. a good one. Uh, and then we got a couple of interesting ones coming up after that, including Spy Game, The Fugitive, and uh, Oh Yeah, Fargo. Oh Yeah. So fantastic lineup oh, coming yeah. up through the end good. of February, start of March. Mm. Get it oh, into your ear holes, everybody. Keep coming back. We just passed 30,000 downloads. Pretty awesome for a couple of shitheads. So. Uh, or trio of shitheads, I guess. Yeah, that's right. The trio, yeah. The trio... I did. I only said couple first because Brent's better than that, and we know it. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we'll be dropping Arthur the next week that we can. Um, so tune into that on Sunday, everybody. It's been so great to have you. I hope you enjoyed this long conversation about a Clockwork Orange. What do you think? Hey, let us know uh, if you still really like this movie and what you like so much about it, or if it's shock values there, or if it's just all nonsense. That's what we want to know. It was great having you. Thanks for coming out. And as always, everyone, enjoy your shit.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.